Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. We are back on the air. Thank you for tuning in to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast, and we have a very, very special conversation coming to you guys today, and I mean that sincerely. This is with a good friend of mine. It's a part two, as a matter of fact, and uh, it's with my buddy Lev Karrison. And while we are we are only buddies uh, in the cyberspace, as I have yet to actually meet him in person, as he lives in Vancouver. That lucky son of a gun. The weather there is so beautiful. I I love visiting there, but you know. We share very, very similar interests. He's a businessman. He's a blogger, a writer. He is, I mean, he really has his hands in many, many different cookie jars, if you will. And during our conversation, we dive into so much greatness. I mean, you guys are going to really want to have some sort of a pen and paper, get your phone with Evernote out, do what you got to do to take notes because there are nuggets and and dimes being dropped all over the place. And, uh, you know, I I don't want to give away too much here in the intro, but we're going to, we talk about creativity. We talk about the power of novelty within your daily schedules, why getting too routine can sometimes be a bad thing. We talk about vulnerability. We talk about what it takes to up your productivity. I mean, we dive into so many different areas of, of being human, honestly, that it's, it's really incredible what has come out of this conversation. And we hope Lev and I both hope that you guys feel the same about this conversation as we do. So I'm just going to let the conversation speak for itself. So here it is. Uh, please enjoy my conversation with Mr. Lev Kerrison. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Mizzen and Main. Now, for those of you men out there, sorry women, we are excluding you just for now, unless you want to buy something for your guy friend, but for all of you men out there who have to get dressed up for work, I'm talking suit and tie, I'm talking a nice button-up shirt, or maybe even a nice polo if you need to wear slacks to work, you really need to take a second thought as to what you're currently wearing and ask yourself, is it really comfortable? The answer is... Probably no, unfortunately, but Mizzen and Main has an answer to that problem. They make moisture-wicking sports performance wear. Yes, I mean, it literally feels like you're wearing a workout shirt, but it looks super professional. All their clothing is American-made, and all their stuff is four-way stretch. You don't need to get it dry-cleaned. What a godsend for all of us men that have to wear work clothes that need to get dry cleaned, no more, including their chino pants. All of their stuff is incredible. I vouch for it. I wear it every single day. No joke. The stuff is amazing. Try it for yourself. You will not be disappointed. You can use the promo code YIELD at checkout to support the Yield Mastermind group. Again, that's Mizzen and Main. You can go to Mizzen, M-I-Z-Z-E-N, and 
spelled out, main.com. Check out their stuff. You do not want to miss out on their clothing. It's, again, American-made, moisture-wicking, four-way stretch. Does not need to be dry-cleaned. It's absolutely fantastic. Enter the promo code YIELD at checkout to support the Yield Mastermind group. And I'm just going to say you're welcome now because once you try this stuff, uh, you will never go back to what you used to wear, I promise. All right, hello, Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. It's your host, Philip Randazzo, and we have another exclusive interview, and this is a real treat, and I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you guys because this is actually a part two with a guest we've had on the show before. You can find our previous conversation on episode number 101, 101, and that's with uh, with my friend, Mr. Lev Karrison. Lev, how's it going? I'm doing fantastic, and how are you, Phil? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We were just chatting before before getting on the air about how we've you know, we've both been trying to coordinate this second uh, series episode here, and uh, it's been on the radar for a while. And we are really glad to be be bringing this to you guys as the listener because I, we believe that we have a lot of value to add for your uh, you know time spent listening to the show. So we're going to go ahead and just dive right in, Lev. You know. Being a business owner, talking about the things that you talked about before, I mean, you're a business owner who has to juggle a lot. How do you manage your time? That's a fantastic question, Phil. Uh, The way that I do it and the way that I've been doing it recently is um, using an app called Pomodoro. Mm. And what I do is I block time. So I set specific time for my actions and with that time, I make sure that it, it creates an urgency effect. So when you're looking at the time and the time's running low, you start to, to go after the most important tasks right away instead of dilly-dallying and you know, losing track, uh, getting distracted. You really start, get to start to focus yeah, and uh, now the Pomodoro technique is something that we've highlighted very briefly on the show before, but you know I've used something similar, and I think it's really critical to block your time that way. And you know, you, you you hit on making sure that you're working on the most critical thing, like that critical piece, and, and not not so much wasting your time on things that are kind of just you know the check off the the to do list type of task. You know, did you do you attack the most important things first? How do you kind of structure the way that you go about attacking things that you need to get done? Very good question. I, I wrote about this as well. It was actually one of my more popular pieces really uh, earlier in my, I, I should call it writing career, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I've uh, learned, and this is from actually taking it from Brian Tracy, and for those of you who don't know who that, who that is, uh, he's said to be a motivational speaker. He's definitely an author of multiple books, but he's an inspiration for sure. Uh, So what I took is basically eat that frog. What that means is tackle the most important, the task that you want to do the least, but that will make the most impact. Yeah, and and for those of you listening, Brian Tracy is an incredible, incredible person to to look up. You can find his books. You can search him on YouTube. You know, with all the ways that we can find information on the interweb these days. I mean, definitely go look up Brian Tracy. And you know, Lev, this is a great transition because you talked about 
you know, your, your quote unquote writing career, but the fact that you've written about this before and, you know, in the previous episode, we talked a lot about your businesses and how you got those running and how you kind of found yourself and really began to, to take on a different level of productivity. Now, you know, you talk about your writing and some of the pieces that you've, that you've produced. Um, could you speak a little bit more to my audience? Because, you know, I think your content is spot on with someone who would be listening to the show. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a rundown of where can they find this information? What type of information are you posting? How often, you know, what's the content that you're putting out there? Awesome. I, I love that you asked that question. So basically I've, I've started writing. It, it all started with me going on a trip to Europe and I thought I want to keep a daily journal, but I want to catalog it and I want people to see it. Well, that never transpired. So when I got back from Europe, I seen that that never went down. And then I started kind of writing slowly 250 words, uh, once a week, kind of, once a week, weak type of writing, like really not structured, really painful to read. And I, I was uh, I was reading it, and I'm like, you know what? And I started reading uh, people like um, Mark Manson, um, Ryan Holiday, uh, and a lot of stuff on part two. And I was really um, I was really really inspired, and that's what really started to take off on my writing. It, they started brushing off on me. And then all my, I felt like all the stuff that they wrote resonated with me. And I knew a lot of that stuff and a lot of other stuff that wasn't being put out on the internet. So I felt like I had a little niche of my own. And so I started writing myself. And and I got to tell you, the writing only gets better. Every single time I write, the pieces get better and better. And it's not, yes, I strive for greatness for sure. But sometimes you just feel like, oh, that piece wasn't that great. But then the audience reacts to it a whole diff- uh, a lot differently. So what I've done is I've, and this has worked into my writing. It, it's not that I started with this. It actually I've kind of figured it out along the way. What I've done is I've got four components in the writing. I've, I've uh, got a business related component, uh, personal experience, and then uh, a book reference and uh, an academic research study. So all these four blocks, the foundation of a, a writing piece. So I would start with a controversial or debatable topic that can go either way. I don't really like going with something that you can write on and it's only a one-way street. I like it to be kind of a debatable subject. And with that, I take four of these components, I lay that foundation into it as I'm writing it. So I take, uh, for example, if I'm writing, um, for example, well, okay, I wrote a piece today about advice. So I was able to uh, get two book references into that piece, um, an academic research study into it. So all these components, they, they kind of jump into that piece as I'm writing it. It's not that I have the components and then I write around them. They get into that, they come into that piece as I'm writing it. So a lot of my work can be found on my website, uh, karasingroup.com. That's K-A-R-A-S-I-N uh, group.com. And then uh, I do um, some writing for, actually I've done a piece for Thought Catalog, 
uh, Huffington Post. Um, I've been featured on Sponge, Co Sponge Coach Bob, or sorry, Sponge Coach. Uh, and then, uh, of course, a lot of my articles are on Medium and Blogspot. So the reason why I'm on all these different platforms is because people can write absolutely great content, but if no one reads it, I mean, yes, that content's great, but you want an audience for that content. Yep. So this is why I've started to network and I started to get out there uh, and um, get on these different platforms because I feel that that attracts a lot more attention to me as the writer as well as I drive that attention to my website, which basically on my website, you have my companies featured on my website, my philanthropy group on there, and then uh, all of my writing and a way to contact me. Perfect, perfect. And man, you hit on some really quality stuff there in terms of not building your, your blog posts around these certain things, but filtering them into it. I think, you know, we have a lot of bloggers that listen to the show. We have a lot of people who, you know, have full time gigs and on the you know, in their in their spare time they are creating blogs, etc., to try and kind of fill that, you know, passion that they have for a certain subject, etc. And so that's valuable, valuable stuff. Thank you for sharing. And, you know, you hit on networking. You hit on being able to get yourself on these big-name sites like Huffington Post, Blogspot. All these things are major, and they're not easy to do. Believe me, I, you know, I, I was in the blogging space at one point. It's not easy to get featured or share on these particular sites. So what information would you share with somebody who's looking to – expand their audience maybe they feel like they have great content but they feel like their audience is lacking and they feel like more people would benefit from what they're putting out there what would you tell them to do what would be your guidance in terms of growing their audience networking getting on these you know outside resources what, how would you go about talking to that person great question i love that you asked that uh so before i dive into the answer I do want to say that I am also in that learning stage of how to get into those spots. And I mean, it's, it's not an overnight gig. You're not going to be able to just send your content out everywhere and people are going to love it. It really, really takes a lot of work. And this is what I've been learning. I mean, I, like I said, I started, I want to say I started the idea, the concept of actually blogging started about a year ago. And I want to say about, eight, nine months ago was when I really started to get into it. So right now I've released, uh, well, looking at my pre at the very earliest posts, I've released about 185 posts. And they range from 250 words from the earlier posts all the way up to 1,000, actually, no, 1,700, 1,800 words for my uh, somewhat later posts. And now I'm averaging anywhere between 850 to 1,200 words um, per post. I feel like that's a good length. Now, uh, to get into the answer, I feel that what the way that I look at it and how I've got into these places is, yes, releasing good content. But you also need to get out there and look at the people that are – look at the platforms. Look at the people that have a big following and get into their comment space. Start commenting on their work. Mm. Start getting noticed. I mean, ultimately, the market will determine if your work is good or if your work sucks. <laughs> and, you know, and people, 
people love to be heard. People love to hear themselves. And I mean, yes, I'm going to think my work is great. But the funny thing is, is actually when I think my work is really, really good, the work that I think is like mediocre, it ends up getting the most attention, which huh. to me it's bizarre because yeah. you know I have this mindset that hey, I just wrote an awesome piece, you guys are gonna love it, but it's like this piece that I, you know, it was okay, I didn't think anything of it, and all of a sudden it's getting featured everywhere, and I'm getting all these followings. So you gotta really put in work for one. Uh, notice, notice who is getting a lot of attention out there. Reach out to them. I mean, people love to help people. People love to give, and if they, if you can somehow connect with them and give them some of your content, and if that resonates with them in, in the niche market that you're writing in, of course, uh, if that resonates with them, I mean, they can send your name up to the top, to the top level, to the platforms, and say to the editors and say, "Hey, listen, uh, I just read this great piece. I think you guys are going to love it," and and so forth and so forth. And uh, like I said. You've got to put in the work and it depends. If you don't want to really put in the work, you're doing it as a hobby. As I started first doing it, I mean, this is still a hobby. I'm not getting paid from writing. I'm doing it so I can give value to people. So then I, I can show them like, hey, um, my stuff will help you in your life, in your relationship, in your business. That's my main goal. I mean, my, I'm not coming into this saying I want to make lots of money writing. I'm I'm a businessman. I'm focused on business. Yes, writing is a business. I'm not saying that I'm not putting down any writers. I love writers and I and I absolutely love reading. So I mean, people out there, put your content out. It's fucking great content. Great. I I I'm, I want to read it. But I mean, if it's going to be sitting on your website or on your uh words or uh WordPress and no one's going to read it, I that's okay, I guess, but <laughs> if it's good content, get it out there. Yeah, exactly. Get it. And it's funny you bring that up because I find uh, that people who are afraid to have others look at their stuff, hear what they're saying, hear what their opinions are, they're the ones who put it on their sites and then don't share their own stuff because they're afraid of if so-and-so reads this or what are people going to think. But you're so right. You have to put in the work. You have to release your content. And it's funny that you bring up that what you what you would perceive as mediocre, just you know, black kind of work is what people latch onto, and then what you think is fantastic, other people don't feel the same way. I, I find that that's happened with me many times with releasing these podcasts, a podcast episode that I put out there that I think is just it's okay, it's nothing great, it can fill the spot, you know, for the show that needs to be released on that date. Those are the ones that get the most amount of attention. Whereas some of the interviews that I think are going to blow up don't quite get to that point. It's funny how this happens, but you know, we were talking, I think it was pre-show, about how you're releasing content basically every day. And you talked about how you went, you started basically at one piece per week, 250 words. So you went from once a week to every day, the content's now 850 to 1200 words. Is that just from putting in the work and systematically going at it uh, every single day? You know, did you have kind of a schedule for yourself where you said, "Okay, I'm going to start it once a week, then I'm going to go to twice a week." I mean, how did you grow from 
once a week, 250 words to every single day. Because like you said, writing for you is not a business, but to be putting out content every day takes a lot of work. Awesome. I'm glad you asked that. Yes. Uh, putting in content every day takes a ton of work. Um, first things first, you got to love what you're doing. Mm. That's number one. You got to love what you're doing. And I want to go back to what you were saying about fear and uh, uh, being afraid and vulnerability. Um, for some reason, I never really had that fear of hitting publish on my work and it going public. I kind of craved it almost. Mm. I don't want to say it's like an addiction, but it, I almost, I, I really wanted it. It wasn't something that I was scared of. However, I want to add to that point that vulnerability, the, the vulnerability of, of people's writing, that it's probably very emotional and it's very personal, that is the best content that you can possibly mm. get out on the internet. That's Why? Because it's authentic, it's genuine. And people do connect with it. There's fucking 7 billion people in this world and growing. And I mean, people share similar stories and they love hearing stuff like that. They love hearing personal things. So that I encourage people. I really encourage people to send out their message, send out their vulnerability out to the world because that is really, really valuable stuff. You're not going to find that in textbooks. You're not going to find that in uh, fiction books and novels, nowhere. This is your personal stuff. So I really love that you touched on that. Um, the next uh, part that I want to get into is, uh, yes, like I've mentioned before, you got to love what you're doing. And to me, I mean, if it, it's crazy because I on my phone I have a calendar. And what I do is I, when I come up with a, an idea for a blog, I put it into my calendar and the way that I've done it is I've set it out so every day and this is this this system has changed for me. So what I've done before is I've set it every day. So every day I come up with, or every time I come up with a new piece I put it on the next day and the next day and the next day. And I had about 3 months worth of content that I wanted to put out, meaning not that I wrote it in one time, meaning it's just the topic and then I would get mm. into that topic. Uh, during the blog post, so, but that system changed for me a little bit um, in terms of now that when the pieces come up, I just add them to whichever day doesn't really matter. And then what? In, when I feel inspired, I have to really feel inspired. And I've, I've had this in a lot of people are going to go through this, especially when you're writing content like I am every day. You are going to go through this where it's a wave. You, it comes in. You get really inspired. You want to write a lot. You write like a madman and then it goes down and you feel uninspired. And even though you have tons of topics to talk about, you just don't want to write and you don't want to put it out there. So I feel that every day it's it's different for me. Before it used to be the morning routine where I'd cut, jump out in the morning, start writing away. I'd leave the piece so I wouldn't edit it. There is a process to writing. I feel that you have to walk away from your piece after you've done it just to come back with a fresh perspective and a fresh mind to look over it again and to start putting the edits in. I mean, I haven't got to the stage where I have a copy editor and, uh, I mean, and somebody who's looking out after my work before it even gets published. I do it all myself. And 
yes, that, that kind of creates a vulnerability as well. That I'm, yes, I'm going to make a mistake and an error of, uh, um, I mean, some spelling, some grammar, but most of the time it's pretty good in that sense. But sometimes the, the, the text maybe won't be so cohesive as it should be. But that's the thing. It's, I'm okay with that. And I know in the future, once this gets put out, then, you know, if I get a lot of traction and I can, and I can see something happening out of this, okay, maybe I'll hire an editor to come on board, a, a virtual assistant where they're helping me out with uh, some of the editing content. But I feel that my voice in that content is very necessary, so I couldn't just hire a, a content creator uh, like I do for some of my companies because, for example, uh, my steam cleaning company, I have a content creator to write the blogs there because I'm not educated. Like, I understand the steam cleaning business, but I'm not highly educated where I can spend enough time to write blogs. I don't feel like my time being spent on writing blogs for my steam cleaning company is time not well spent. I'm not working on the company. I'm starting to work in the company. Mm, and that's a point. scary thing. And a lot of entrepreneurs or businessmen need to understand that working in a company is the job for a manager, for an employee, and not to put that down, but the entrepreneur's and the leader's job is to work on the company, to make that company grow. When you're working in that company, you're sustaining that company, and that company will keep on the same level. When you're working on the company, Things are starting to multiply. You're starting to see growth. You're starting to see growth in sales, growth in employees. And that's really where you need to, to kind of focus on. I mean, a lot of people get scared. They get scared that the, the I, and it's weird how we went from talking about writing to now companies, right? I <laughs> see where my mind is at, right? So this is kind of where I get into, um, this is how, I think about things, right? I, I think very systematically and I do think analytically, but what the writing has done for me is bring out my creativity. Mm -hmm. So that is the biggest thing and this is why I really love doing what I'm doing and especially bringing out content every day is because I love to bring out that create, creative side out of me. And this is, like I said, this has all happened about a year, well, it's almost a year and a half ago, where I really started tapping into my creativity. I mean, I started with piano, with painting, and now it all led into writing. And the writing is what gets my creativity going. It's expanding my vocabulary. Um, I mean, my thought process, my reflection, it's, it's done a whole wonder for me. And I've wrote about this before, too, that the writing is, yes, I'm bringing value out for people, but it's a lot of it. 51% of it is for me. And, and, man, just great, great points, like nuggets all around. I'm definitely going to be going back and listening to this again and writing some of this stuff down because it's all incredible points. And the same thing for podcasting. I don't do, you know, I do this because I love it, but by talking to people like you, I get out way more, I feel, than what I put into it. And even more so than people who are listening. Like when you listen to this, you know, you're, you're getting the nuggets, you're getting the information, but myself, I mean, I get so much out of this, it's incredible, and I love that you hit on that with your writing. And another great point, you know, there's a guy by the name of Grant Cardone. He put out a book called The 10X Rule, and he had released a book before that that became a best-selling book. And this is to your point about how when you release your content, there may be some errors, but it's, it's okay. As long as your voice is within the writing, 
That's what's important. And he put out his uh, best-selling book, and people were bashing him for it because they said, oh, Grant, we found over 100 errors in your book. And he basically came out and said, I didn't say it was the best-written book. It's the fucking best-selling book. <laughs> and I think that's a great point because you know, we, we get caught up in, is this, is this good enough to be released? Is, is it grammatically correct? Is it politically correct? We get caught up in these, these things of, you know, is this worthy to be released? And I think we just have to go ahead and release it and let the audience, let the crowd tell us what they think. But I also think it's really important to, like you said, take a step back for a moment, then come back to your work. Because like you said, the fresh eyes, the fresh outlook, that's going to help you get a different perspective and maybe you can add a little bit more value into that content that's already valuable for your audience. So man, just all around fantastic stuff. And you hit on um, your morning routine a little bit, talking about how you used to write in your mornings. Do you have a morning routine that you currently practice and what does that entail? Awesome. Glad that you asked that. Actually, I wrote about this today. Um, I, I wrote a piece today because I woke up and I really had content that I really wanted to write. And that threw off a little bit of my <laughs> But I want to say novelty. Novelty is key mm. to sustaining uh, an exciting life. And what I mean by that is that you want to do things... Yes, habits are very, very important. Habits are good because, I mean, for example, if you forget how to, or if you don't know how to brush your teeth and you have to relearn that every day, imagine how your day would be if you have to relearn how to open things or how to walk through doors. Habits are really, really essential for us to move forward and for us to learn. However, I feel that to add excitement into your life, to add that, uh, I don't want to say mojo, to to keep to keep you well yeah to keep you excited I mean that's the best way to say it um, to keep you excited you want to switch things up you don't want to keep doing the same old thing I mean yes the same old thing will will minimize your conscious effort which will maximize your efficiency however you want to do some things different for example this whole week I decided I'm going to jog every single day and I'm not going to go to the gym at all. And usually I go to the gym all the time and I barely do any cardio. So for, for, as for my morning routine, I have, uh, I have a set, not a set time, but I have, I read. That's one of the things that I love to do in the morning. I love to read. That's uh, one of your staples. That's right. I love to uh, take a cold shower. That's one of the mm. things that's really, that's really nice. And do I do it all the time? I mean, yes, I do it probably six days uh, a week. Maybe sometimes I do it two weeks in a row. But then I throw in a hot shower in the mix, right? So you, you have to keep mixing things up. You can't keep doing the same old thing. If you're going to eat eggs and, and toast every single day, you're going to get sick of that. So to add a little spice into your life, you need to do things differently sometimes, which is okay. And you got to be okay with that. I mean, some people are really, really OCD and they get really anal. And I mean, that's okay too. If they're happy, great. For me, I'm not happy doing the same thing every day. I have to do things a little bit differently sometimes. Yeah, man, great point. And I think this kind of hits back on what you were talking about, about you, you do things analytically. Your brain thinks analytically, but at the same time, you were throwing in art and creative expression in the mix through painting, piano, and now writing. And I think it's vitally important to mix in different things, activities, 
uh, if you're analytical, get creative. If you're creative, do something analytical because that's going to work parts of your brain that you're not working and it's going to bring excitement like you said. And, and we did a podcast on the freedom and structure and talking about how if you set the time, if you set the time block to do a specific thing, it actually brings you freedom because you have a time, a, a, a time set essentially to do whatever you want. So I love that you talk about novelty and having excitement because if you know that your morning routine is from say 6.30 to 7.30 or 7 to 8, but you don't have a set routine per se, you have that time to do whatever the hell you want. If you want to write, you write. If you want to go for a jog, you jog. If you want to sit down and paint, you paint. But you know that from that time frame to that time frame, you are in your quote-unquote morning ritual. But I love that you hit on novelty and keeping things exciting because you're right. If you get too regimented, if you get too OCD, it becomes a chore and it's not enjoyable anymore. And I think it's important that we keep things enjoyable and keep things spiced up because if not, then, then what's the point? I mean, life is so short and you know that's such a cliche thing to say, but we got to make the best use of our time. And if we get stuck doing the same bullshit all the time, it's not worth it, in my opinion. So, you know, you talk about all this, you know, you have the, this creativity, you have this novelty, you mix it up. Um, is there anything we're missing? Is there anything about Lev uh, that you do on a daily basis that you really would love to share with the audience? The one thing that I did forget to mention in my morning routine, I do not go on social media. Oh, critical. I do not check my phone and I do not check my emails. I feel like that's something that people should avoid, especially first thing in the morning and the last thing at night because that creates this dopamine surge into your circuit and it's just not, not healthy. It's not good and it'll keep you thinking about things and it'll keep you distracted. So these are things that I definitely avoid out of my day. But I mean, I live, uh, I mean, my daily routines are uh, eat healthy, exercise, um, write. Uh, I try to get meditation in there. I tell you, it's really, really hard to just sit there with my <laughs> thoughts because there's so much going on in my life. But it's good to just sit down for five minutes or go for a walk like I did before this podcast. I went for a 30-minute walk just to collect my thoughts, which was, I mean, it, it really helps clarify a lot of things. And I do recommend to bring uh, some sort of, I, I mean, you're not going to bring a, a pad, pad of paper. So bring some sort of, uh, like I bring my iPod. My iPod doesn't get any uh, data, so I don't get any any rings or messages or anything like that all I do is I keep a notepad on there and what I do is when a good thought comes to my mind I quickly jot that note down in my iPod and I feel like that's really important because I mean a lot of good ideas come throughout the day and people think about them and they go away right away because they get distracted by something else you can't hold on to more than one thought at a time scientifically proven you can't think about two things at the same time and we're not going to try an exercise right now about how to do that. <laughs> I mean, there's tons of exercises, and I'm sure people have heard, think of a pink elephant, or if you hear a pink elephant, if, if you're not thinking about it right now, you know what I'm saying. So there's a lot of exercise, but we're not, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not going to get that whole side of things. But I exercise, I try and meditate, I eat healthy, I read, I write, I learn, I work, and I spend time uh, with um, my loved ones. I mean... I live with my girlfriend, so I spend time with her. 
Um, I have two pets, uh, well, three pets. I have a cat and two uh, two little dogs. So, I mean, I, I need to take take care of them as well. Um, I have uh, some family here that I connect with. I have tons of friends. So, I mean, yes, I have multiple businesses. I have philanthropy organization. I have tons going on in my life. But you still, I still find that if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be able to take care of anybody else in my life. That's, that is that is the point right there, man. That's so vitally important. And to all of you, uh, you multitaskers or assumed multitaskers, Lev just kind of shot you down, and uh, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, as you said, it's proven. You can't focus on on two things at once, and I, I don't think we should be trying to because when you're when your brain's not there, you're not able to give 100%. And I love that you, you know, you talk about bringing in an iPod uh, or, it, you know, if you want to bring your cell phone, turn the thing on airplane mode so you can't get any sort of data coming in. You can take notes that way. You can get a small pen, a pad and paper. Uh, there's ways to do it, but I, I really think, and Seth Godin talks about this all the time, that your idea creating uh, abilities is a muscle. If you don't work it, it's not going to get any better. So as you talk about writing these ideas throughout the day, I believe that's vitally, vitally important. And so, Lev, we're going to kind of transition now into this rapid-fire portion of the show. So my first question for you, when you think of the word success or successful, who is the first person that comes to your mind and why? Oh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, that's ah. He's, uh, I mean, he talks the talk. Uh, or sorry, he does. He, he walks the walk. He talks a lot. He loves public eye, but to be honest, his actions speak louder than his words. I love it. He, for those of you who haven't heard of Gary Vaynerchuk, which there, I assume there's a very small number of you who haven't because he's everywhere, especially in this sort of space. You got to look him up because his intensity is crazy. Like Lev said, he, he definitely talks the talk. You're, you're either going to love the guy or you're going to hate the guy, but no matter what your feelings are for him, like Lev said, I mean, he backs up his talk with action. It's crazy. I've never seen anybody who does it quite the way he does. Uh, if you had to recommend one book uh, or writing uh, material to somebody to read, what would you recommend? Now you put me in a tough spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, look, it, it, could be, it could be two, it could be three, but what are some of the major resources that you would recommend to people to check out to read? All right, I can, I, that's an easy one. Okay, so Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. That would Love be it. my uh, number one recommendation for sure. Um, it depends uh, really the style that people love, the, the type of reading that they love to read. Um, for me, uh, Simon Sinek, Start With Why, mm. that, that really resonated with me. Um, and once you get into like the business side of things, uh, The Challenger or Multipliers, uh, those are... You can Google those books. Um, those really get into the more sales type stuff. Um, smarter, 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 faster, better. Uh, oh, one of my favorite, uh, actually the first favorite writer besides Angelini Jude. <laughs> I told this before. Uh, Jude. Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Uh, I absolutely love his thought-provoking work. Uh, very conscious. Some of it is very controversial. Some of it is really, really on point. I absolutely love his style of writing. Um, so like you mentioned, Seth Golden, he's got some 
awesome content out there. Uh, Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain uh, by Ryan Blair. Awesome book. Uh, Never Eat Alone. Like I, I said, I can go all the time. <laughs> where we started is that that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. And Gary Vaynerchuk, he put out some awesome fucking books out there too. Yep, yep. And uh, so, man, asking you to, to share one book as a resource, as we just heard <laughs> – Myself and you listeners out there, it's, it's almost near impossible for Lev to just share one. But I'm glad that you shared all those because they're all incredible resources. Some of them I haven't heard of yet. Some of them I haven't read. I'm going to check those out, and I'll definitely be linking to all those for you listeners so you can find all that content because it's all great, great stuff. Now, Lev, besides you know this podcast, besides your, uh, you know, your content that you're putting out on kerisongroup.com, is there any other online resources that you recommend people check out? For instance, could be other podcasts, other uh, YouTube channels, blogs, etc. Are there any online content that you recommend people check out? Absolutely. Uh, and, and just to go back to um, the books, I do on my website, I've, uh, I have a section for books. So if people log into there, I am going to update it because it's, uh, I feel it's a little bit outdated and I, I have so much to add there. What I, I do is I add a book with a description of the book, my, my summary, my point of view of it, uh, what, you, what you can get out of it, and of course where you can buy it. Most of the books you can buy on Amazon. But uh, to go, um, I mean, Yield Podcast, Yield Mastermind Podcast, I mean, that's one of the great uh, content areas uh, that I would point to. Uh, listeners towards but if they're listening they're already there um great podcast you know what i don't i don't really listen to too much podcast but what i do a lot of is uh tech talks i absolutely uh. love tech talks you get to see a lot of prominent people on there a lot of newcomers a lot of people who've been around for a lot for a long time but they have a they have 15 minutes to present their content and in that 15 minutes, you get the most value you can possibly get. Um, I, I watch Gary Vaynerchuk's, uh, a lot of his content on YouTube. Um, I read a lot of the stuff on Pursuit. I absolutely love that uh, platform. It, it, it goes more towards life, uh, personal development type stuff, which is great. Uh, people need that kind of stuff. So I would point people towards that end. Uh, MarkMatson.net. He is absolutely an amazing and uh, funny, prolific writer. I love his stuff, and I already pre- I never ever pre-order anybody's books. I already pre-ordered <laughs> it's uh, uh, not giving a fuck book. <laughs> That's actually what it's called. So I got that on pre-order. I can't wait for it to come. Um, and the reason why I ordered his book instead of getting his uh, audio book is because he's not the one narrating it and I, I asked him myself are you narrating your book he said no somebody else's so that kind of uh, pushed me towards because I love listening to the author reading their own book that's something that I feel is authentic and you can't take that away you can't put it into somebody else's hands they just won't say the stuff the same and that's why I love Ryan Holiday's books uh, especially on the audio versions because he's the one talking and when the person talks of his own content you can really feel the passion behind it um, where else would I recommend people? I mean, uh, Tim Ferriss has got some great stuff out there, um, his, especially his Five Bullet uh, Point Fridays. Yep. That's awesome stuff. Um, and get out in the get out in the platforms. I mean, uh, look at the uh, podcasts that are number one in, in the field or in the niche that you're after, and go after those. Right? I mean, I I'm only speaking to what I know and what I love. 
but I mean, everyone has their own unique personality and their own taste. So yeah. really, some of my stuff will appeal to some people who are listening to this. Um, I have more than some people, but, you know, these folks, uh, for the most part, uh, go out there, look, look who's uh, number one in, uh, in the podcast area uh, of your niche or in uh, who's writing in your niche. Uh, Google, I mean... <laughs> Get out on Google. <laughs> yeah, get, get out right. and do the Google. No, it's all fantastic resources, and uh, we'll be linking to all that stuff as well. So, Lev, I have a couple more questions for you, then we're going to wrap this up. So, if you had to pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts of your routine, what would the one part be and why? Work. Work. <laughs> <laughs> like, spoken like a true business owner. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I love... I absolutely am very grateful and thankful that I have the luxury to do a lot of things that are personal, like exercising and writing and learning and reading and all this stuff. I absolutely love that. And I know a lot of people don't. And I know that if I caught a lot of that stuff out and I placed all my energy into the work, yes, I would produce a lot more. I would make more money. Would that make me happier? Probably not. And that's why I'm doing all the things I'm doing because this is what makes me happy, working on myself and working on my business alongside, right? So, I mean, if it was one thing, it would be work. And, uh, I mean, how would I do I, it? It's funny you say that because as an entrepreneur, and I wrote about this, as an entrepreneur, you go to bed and what's on your mind is work. When you wake up, what's on your mind is work. You're constantly working, even though you're not clocking in a punch clock. Um, throughout the day, the whole day, you're thinking about work. You're thinking about how to improve your business. And a lot of the things that I write about and I read, these are all business-related. So uh, when, when, for example, when uh, I don't want to put my girlfriend on the spot, but I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> when she says, oh, you only worked uh, this many hours today, and I'm like, I'm still working. <laughs> no, I'm still working. So technically, it. the one thing that I would do, and if I couldn't have do anything else, is work. I'm still doing that. I'm just not, like we touched on earlier, you can't focus on more than one thing at a time. Yes, work is always on my mind, especially when I'm in between tasks. So, And especially when I'm doing tasks and something comes up for work, I definitely jot it down and I get back to it right away. So work would be the thing. Gotcha. And it's funny you bring that up because I'm the same way. It's like when you're listening to audiobooks or writing a blog piece, it pertains and helps you grow and work. When you're at the gym, you're working on your body, which is going to give you more output towards work. When people compartmentalize and segment their lives and say, okay, I'm going to the gym here, I'm reading here, I'm sleeping here, I'm working here, I don't think that's all around the truth because everything kind of filters together and I, I don't think it's ever more true except with the entrepreneur. I think when people punch a clock, like you said, it, it can seem very segmented because most of the time people are doing things they don't particularly enjoy doing. But the entrepreneur, the business owner, it's a very, very different story. So fantastic share, Lev. I appreciate it. So my last question as we wrap this this part two uh, of the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast together, um, we always have our guests share their favorite quote or one of their favorite quotes to end the show. So Lev, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have a quote that you'd like to share with us? I'm sure you have many. But if you could share just one quote with us, what would it be? I do have many. And I'll give you the one quote that I use on my website. And I Perfect. feel like 
this kind of ties everything together, everything that we talked about, and it, it kind of it relates to every single person out there. Uh, it's by April May Monteresso. It's uh, don't waste your time chasing things that will never be beneficial to your future. And there it is. What a great way to tie up this two-part series. And you know what? We, I mean, with the way it's going, we, we might we might end up doing a part three. Who knows? <laughs> I'm, sure, it, I'm sure it'll come as, as both of us continue to, to dive into different things and, and continue to stay up to date with each other. But Lev, man, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, I appreciate it. I know my audience sure as hell appreciates it as well. So really, thank you. We really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your time, Philip, and I appreciate uh, everybody who's listening to this podcast, every single person out there, because really what we've just done is we've taken everybody's attention and we put it on us, and I feel like to be grateful for that, it, it it's a must. You have to be grateful for the people that are giving you their attention, because attention is the scarcity, scarcity, I don't even know how to put it into words. But it's it's the most scarce. It's the most scarce out there. Yeah, it really is. As as your dogs kind of tell you that it's time they're, to go. They're getting, they're getting all riled up over, over this. They are. They are. So, I, Lev, man, thanks again. And you're right. It really is. Time is the you know the, the greatest asset that people have, and we we do sincerely thank you guys for your time. So with that. Again, one last time, you guys can check out karasingroup.com, K-A-R-A-S-I-N group.com for all of Lev's content, his book recommendations, quotes, everything that we just talked about. Lev is posting content daily, like he said. He's putting out a lot of content. It ties in great with the stuff that we're talking about on the show. So with that, guys, thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.